Um, so you can also follow us along on Version Live. Um, go to Metro Believers Church, and there the notes will be. So how many of you are ready to study the Bible? All right. How many of you, how many of you are ready for God to mess with you? <laughs> Come on. Not so many, right? Yeah. So uh, I just want to warn you now, um, chances are we're going to step on some toes today. So, so be careful. Be careful. Get ready, all right? We've been talking about quieting the riot, and this whole series is really about the things that come out of our mouth. How many of you know sometimes things come out of our mouth, and about a nanosecond later, we wish we could pull them back in, right? How many have ever done that? Right. And so uh, in this series, actually, we're talking about the words we say and the words that we hear. And usually, usually the things that we say is based upon the things that we hear. The words that come out of our mouth are literally destroying, oftentimes they're destroying the dreams in our heart. If you look back over your life, um, you'll see that sometimes your words literally destroyed or sabotaged some of the dreams that were in your heart. And the Bible has a lot to say about the power of our words. And if you've been around Metro Believers Church very long, you'll know that we oftentimes use a term around here, and that term is called life-giving. Let's all say that together. Life-giving. It's one of our values at Metro Believers Church. We, we place a high priority, a high premium on the idea of being life-giving. It's one that we want to promote. We want to encourage you to adopt it and embrace it. The whole idea of being life-giving, not life-sucking, right? But life-giving. In other words, giving life in all that we do and say. And if you trace that whole idea back, I'm not teaching on that this morning, I don't have time. Trace that whole idea back, it'll go back to the garden. It'll go back to the two trees that were in the garden, and God said, take, th take of this fruit of this tree, the tree of life, and they chose to take of a different fruit called the tree of the what? Knowledge of good and evil. And when they did that, they died. They spiritually died. And every single time we choose to live our lives from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil instead of the tree of life, we cause things to die. And so there's a whole teaching behind that. But we, we have a choice. Everyone say choice. We have a choice of what tree we live in. And so when we choose to live in this life-giving tree, see, we, God took us back to the garden through Christ, right? And we're, we're innocent again. Amen? We are now innocent, back just like Adam and Eve before the fall. And we have a choice. We can partake of that tree of life or we can partake of that tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So the idea of life-giving is all about, you know, treating people with life and treating people with kindness, Right? And speaking words of life about people and about friendships and about relationships. And I've been to churches that I felt, you know, I, I left feeling condemned. I felt guilty. I felt not good enough, not spiritual enough. Has anybody ever felt that way before? Been to a place perhaps? So our goal here at Metro Believers Church is to take people that, is to not take people that have been beat up in life or beat up in the world 
and have them come in here and get beat up in the church. That's not, that's not our desire. That's not what we want here at Metro Believers Church. We don't want to have them come in here and get beat up some more. You know, there's enough of it out there. Amen? There's enough of it out there. Because here's the deal. This thing called Christianity is not really dependent upon us. It's dependent upon God, everybody. Amen? And that thing is called grace. Grace, that we live in this, this whole idea in this world of grace. God's unmerited, come on somebody, what? Favor. God's unmerited favor. That whole idea of grace. And I, I said this years ago, I don't know if I came up with it or I heard it. So I just want to put that out there right now. But here's the deal. Christianity is not our responsibility, but it's our response to his ability. Did you hear me? Can somebody say amen? Christianity is not our responsibility, but it's our response to his ability. And so the whole idea of being life-giving comes through him. Amen? I appreciate the encouraging, friendly atmosphere and the exciting atmosphere that, that we have here. And that's one of the, the major said compliments that we see here at Metro Believers Church. And I want all of us to promote that value. And some things are better caught than taught. And so hopefully, hopefully you're catching this whole vibe thing of that life-giving deal. And if you're not, something needs to change, right? Um, there's a vibe to, to being life-giving. There's a whole, there's an atmosphere that's created as a result of being life-giving. An atmosphere, remember this, atmosphere is created by words. Always remember that. Atmosphere, the atmosphere you create is created by the words that you and I speak. And here's the deal. Atmosphere creates culture, and culture creates climates. Always remember that. Culture creates climates, and atmosphere creates culture. Certain things, how many of you know certain things only grow in certain climates? For example, if I took a lime seed that flourishes down in sunny Florida and tried to plant that same seed in Alaska, how many of you know it wouldn't work, right? That thing wouldn't grow. It wouldn't work. Why? Because some things only grow in certain climates or atmosphere. And atmosphere is created by words. Same is true in your home. What kind of atmosphere are you creating? Are you creating a tense, you know, conflict-ridden, difficult tense you know, tension everywhere by the words that you're speaking to one another, to your kids and so on and so forth. What kind of, what kind of atmosphere are you creating in your, in your relationships? What kind of atmosphere are you creating? You know, and the whole idea of, you know, your, your family members, what kind of atmosphere or extended family, what kind of atmosphere are you creating by your words? Because here's the deal, our words create good and bad atmospheres. I'll say that again. Our words create good and bad atmospheres. So last time we were together, a couple weeks ago, we established that our words are literally framing our world. Think about that. I said, I was up here with a hammer and nails and talking about that our words are just like a hammer and nails, literally framing, like a framer would of a house, framing our world. 
And the Bible in Proverbs 18.21, these are a few foundational scriptures, and then we'll go on. It says the tongue, everyone say the tongue. The tongue has the power of life, what? And death. Did you hear me? Your words have the power, everyone say power, of life and death. And here's the deal. We also determined that you can't create life with deadly words. You cannot create life with deadly words. It doesn't happen. It doesn't work that way. You can't plant one seed and get another. Right? You can't plant tomatoes and get muskmelon. It doesn't work that way. See? And you, so you cannot create life with deadly words. Truth be told, we are, and where we're at right now, today, is primarily due to some of the words that we have spoken in the past. See, we, we plant our seed for life by our words, our attitudes, and our actions. Always remember that. We plant the seeds for our future by our words, our attitudes, and our actions, see. And so today, we are primarily in a place due to our words, due to the things we've said or thought or repeated or bought into. Perhaps it was a lie that someone spoke over you or to you. Could have been back when you were a child. You have to break that curse, not rehearse the curse, right? Amen? You have to break that generational curse over your life. And why is that? Because our, our life follows our words. Remember that. Remember I said your life will, will chase your words? The foundational scripture that we've been using is Genesis 1, verses 1 through 3, that says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now, the earth was formless, empty, and darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was just hovering. Everyone say hovering. Come on, everyone say hovering. It was hovering over the waters, and, and God said, let there be light, and there was light. Notice that our words have creative power. Did you know that? Uh, we are, the Bible teaches us, created in God's image. And so he has given us and taught us through Scripture the ability to create and to speak words of life that will help speak to our future. Did you hear me? Notice uh, it was formless. It was empty. It was dark. How many of you know we all go through dark and empty times in our life? Has anyone ever done that since you've been saved? Let me see your hands, if you have. Gone through a dark and an empty time in your life. But when that happens, you have a choice to make. I have a choice to make. Are we going to dwell there? Are we going to live there? Are we going to stay there? Or are we going to say what God said? Did you hear me? We have a choice. Are you going to live there? Are you going to dwell there? Or are you going to say, are you going to say what God said. See, God saw darkness, but he said light. God saw darkness. The Spirit of God was hovering. It was dark. It was formless. It was empty. And God saw the dark, but he said the light. Here's the deal. Can you see the dark and speak the light? 
Can you see darkness in your life and in your world but speak the light? Do you have the ability to see one thing but say another? See, some people, you know, they'll say, well, that's a lie. No, it's not. Things that are seen are subject to change. Did you hear me? Things that are seen are subject to change. See, God calls things to be not as though they were. And God has given us and challenged us and spoke to us and taught us through Scripture that we may see one thing, we may see the circumstance, right? But that's not who we are. We have the ability to speak, to see darkness and speak another thing, speak light. I mean, recently I just, I went through an ugly thing. I had to go through an ugly thing. I went through it, but I had a choice. I could choose to stay in the dark, that icky, ugly thing, or I could speak the light. Did you hear me? And this happens in life all the time. You get in a funk. Anyone ever been in a funk? <laughs> or something happens, a difficulty, or someone says something, and, and you know, it, it hits you, you know, causes you to go sideways. And, and it's a dark moment. It's a dark time. Perhaps it's a dark season. But you, you have a choice. I have a choice. Are we going to stay there? Are we going to let that affect us and determine our, our life and our future? Or are we going to speak to the mountain? Are we going to speak to the situations, speak the God's word, see? And I had to speak the light. So let's define quiet the riot. Here's the deal. Sometimes the words that have been spoken to us and about us create a riot in our minds. That's what we're talking about, this whole riot thing that's going up upstairs. Riot, literally defined, and it's in your notes. I think there's a couple fill in the blanks. Riot is a violent disturbance of the peace by a crowd. A violent disturbance of the peace by a crowd. The words that we repeatedly hear or rehearse are the words that we begin to believe. Think about perhaps your past. Think about some of the words that have been spoken. Think about those words being rehearsed in your mind. Oftentimes, we're hearing the voice of a crowd, right? God's, but God's word supersedes that, that voice. God's word, listen to me, God's word supersedes those words. That crowd, the riot going on inside of you. And that's why I encourage you to read, everyone say read, God's word so that you have something to fight with. Did you know this is our weapon? And every one of us have battles. Every one of us. And this is our weapon. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. Amen? This is our weapon, and that, that's why I encourage you, read, read the Word of God so you know what it says for yourself. Not because Pastor Glenn said it, right? But you know what the Bible says. Amen? Read God's word. Put it in your heart so that you might not sin against him, so that you have things to fight with. When the enemy throws something or someone throws something at you, you have something in your heart to deal with that thought. 
Because the battleground's in the mind, dude. Amen? The battleground is in the mind. So what if, what if all of us in this room and watching by, by live stream, what if we all just decided to only use life-giving language? What would our life look like? Oh, think about it. Let that simmer just a little bit. What, what would life look like? Only language that builds up. Never language that is destructive. What would life look like? So last time I presented the idea that it is possible that the words we say might be working against the dreams that we have. You know, he never, she always, right? Just some of the words that come out of our mouth and how destructive they are. How much, how much different could life look like if we just changed the way we talk? If we just spoke words of life. I mean, what if we really did get what we say? What if Mark eleven twenty three, 23 actually came to pass? For assuredly I say unto you, whoever says to this mountain. Can anyone tell me what whoever means? That <laughs> means all of us, right? Point to yourself and say, that means me, right? Whoever says to this mountain be removed and cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart but believes that those things he says will be done, he'll have whatever he says. What if that were true? What if that were true? Think about it. So the question is, is what are you saying? What are you saying to life, to mountains, to circumstances, to darkness, to emptiness, to formlessness. What are you saying? So we've been pulling out voices out of the crowd and we've been shutting them up. Last time we talked about lying, the whole idea of lying, lying. The lies we believe with our mind and the lies we speak with our mouth. Why? Because the lies you believe will eventually come out in your language. And the voice you, de you have determined or you believe determines the life you live. You have to choose to believe the truth and not the lies. Amen? We have to choose to believe what? Come on, the what? The truth and not the lies. And this week, we're going to pull out two more voices. Can you believe that? I'm going for two this week. <laughs> two more voices out of the crowd, and we're going to quiet the riot. We're going to pull them up here on, on the platform, on the carpet, whatever you call this, and we're going to shut them up. Everyone say, shut them up. Shut them up. Yeah, shut them up. So this week, this week, the first one we're going to do is sowing discord. Sowing discord. Now, we're going to refer to the Proverbs in just a minute, but I want to just say something about Proverbs. Proverbs is an incredibly important book in the foundation of our life. Uh, I don't know about you, but I, I try my best to read a proverb of the day. I've been doing this for 30 years or more. And some of you say, well, does that get old? No. It just comes alive more every time I read it. So here, here's how it works. You just take whatever date it is. What's today? That's the 28th. And you'd read Proverbs 28. Whatever date it is. You just read it, Okay. So you just pick up if you didn't get to it yesterday. Don't try to go back and do that one. Just stay with the date, right? 
because Proverbs will teach you wisdom. And I heard someone refer to, there's three major themes in Proverbs, your money, your, or your, money, your morals, and your mouth. <laughs> okay? And it's so true. If you've, if you've read much about the you know, book of Proverbs, you'll know. It's about your money, your morals, and your mouth. And I, or I say it like this, girls, gold, and glory. It, it talks about those three things as well. There's a major theme in, in the book of Proverbs. So let's look at Proverbs chapter 6. Proverbs chapter 6 and verse 12 through 15. It says, a worthless person, a wicked man, walks with a perverse mouth. Everyone say mouth. And what are, we, so what are we talking about here? We're talking about words. We're talking about the things that roll off our mouth or our tongue. So a worthless person or a wicked man walks with a perverse mouth. He winks with his eyes. He shuffles his feet. He points with his fingers. Perversity is in his heart. He devises evil continually. He what? Let's all say that together. He what? He sows discord. Therefore, his calamity shall come on suddenly. Suddenly, he shall be broken without remedy. Wow. That's pretty harsh. Wow. Think about that. That's really harsh. But notice how important our words are, our mouth is, our attitudes our morals, right? So what is sowing discord? Well, it's breaking a cord or breaking unity or it's breaking, it's breaking the rope, so to speak. If we had a three-strand cord that was strong, it would be like breaking that cord. It's sowing discord, breaking the cord, see? Causing there to be a gap in whatever, discord. See, God works within the unity box. Did you hear me? I mean, he works within the box of unity. As a matter of fact, God blesses unity. Let me just say this. God commands his blessings on unity. Did you know that? Psalm 133 says that. How good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell in unity. And it talks about God blessing that. And one translation goes deeper and said, God commands his blessings. How many of you would like for God to command his blessing on your life? Let me see your hands. Yeah. So, so make it your goal in life to walk in unity with people. To walk, don't, don't break a cord. Sowing discord oftentimes shows up in a room where unity is a priority. It shows up. See, you sow discord when you try to bring conflict when the, when, the, when the goal is unity, when unity is a priority. You sow discord when you try to undermine relationships or authority and sabotage unity. See? And God says a whole lot about that. It's not good. It's not a good thing when you do that. And God's saying, we have a choice. We don't have to live that way. Amen? Thank God for the book of Proverbs. It can help us see what that looks like. Unity 
is important because unity is health. Always remember that. Unity is health. When, when you have unity with one another, there's health there. When Vicki and I have unity, we have a healthy relationship. When we don't, it's unhealthy. In a friendship, if you have unity, it's healthy. If you don't, it's unhealthy. You have this discord thing going on. and See, a, a few causes, and you can read the book of Proverbs for yourself. A few causes of this thing called discord. Pride. Arrogance. Or a critical spirit. Pride. It's the... Sorry, act of lifting yourself up while putting other, thing, other, other people down, see. Pride, P-R-I-D-E. Notice I is right in the middle of pride. Pride, arrogance. And, and Proverbs talks about that. Pride comes before the fall. Haughtiness, arrogance, or critical spirit where you're just trying to find fault with everything around you, people, situations, organizations, just that critical spirit. You're always criticizing, 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 skeptical, suspicious. That's the wrong spirit. Come on, church. Did you hear me? I said, that's the wrong spirit. And you want to quiet the riot, you got to quiet that voice that wants you to sow seeds of discord. So, one of the main causes of sowing discord is our third voice today. And I want to call this one up today and shut it up, and that's called gossip. Gossip. Wow. Here, here we go. So remember I talked about the toes thing? Right? Dan, remember? Yeah, not, I'm not saying you're gossiping. <laughs> Sorry. Come on, step on him, right? He's all right with that. Let's go, let God mess with me. If, if I need some correction, I'll take it, right? How many of you feel that way? You don't come here to protect yourself. You come here to grow. And let God mess with you, man, so you can, you can be better, right? This is not about getting your, you know, back padded. You know, it's about letting God mess with us. I don't want you to feel condemned, right? We already talked about that. Condemnation is not from the Lord. Amen? Now, I'm not talking about that. There's no, not, now no con condemnation to those who are in, in Christ Jesus. How many of you are in Christ Jesus? All right, so I'm not talking about being condemned. Maybe convicted. See, condemnation just put, throws you on the ground and kicks you while you're down. Conviction shows you where you're wrong and helps you get back up. Did you hear me? That's what we're talking about here. So this thing called gossip. It's spreading intimate or private rumors or facts. That's what gossip is. Now, you saw it on the video. It's kind of funny. We laugh at it. But how many of you know it can be very destructive? Very destructive. Let's look, let's look at a verse in 2 Corinthians, New Testament, chapter 12, verse 20. For I am afraid that when I come, the Apostle Paul says, when I come, I may not find you as I want you to be, and I may not. You may not find me as I want to be as well. I fear that there may be quarreling, jealousy, outburst of anger, factions, slander. What's that one next? Gossip, arrogance, and disorder. I just talked about arrogance. 
In other words, there's, this is not good, right? Gossip. Everyone say gossip's not good. Gossip's not good. And, and sometimes we disguise gossip with prayer. You know, oh, I think we need to pray for so-and-so. Blah, 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 blah. Fifteen minutes later, you walk away, right? And, we, and we, try to, we try to sanctify it by saying, by prayer, right? So because I said we should pray about that, then it gives me the right to dump. No, it doesn't. No. And the, the whole arrogance piece, there's a video that I want you to see. It's just kind of interesting. Go ahead and roll that. So then he says, it's a blonde at a flashing red light. <laughs> Oh, man, that is greatness. Where'd you hear that? Well, I heard that from Paul. He's got a million oh, of them. He's a funny guy. He is so funny, man. <sighs> did, did you hear the bad news? No, what happened? Paul would kill me if he knew I was telling you this, so this has got to be on the down low, strictly confidential. Hey, Mom's a word, brother. You know me. I can trust you, I know, but here's what happened. I, Paul told me that... Uh, him and Renee splitting up, I guess. She's running off with some other guy, yada, yada, you know, the song is. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Man, you know what? I never really liked Renee. No. I knew she was bad news. Never should have married that woman. Didn't you decorate their wedding? Yes, but that was a long time ago. I needed the money. Let's not worry about that. We're talking about Paul now. Okay. But anyway, man, what a backstabber. Yeah. And you know something else? She can never keep her mouth shut. No. You talk about the biggest gossip at our church? Renee. Renee. No one is even a close second. Bitter. Table for one. Hey, stop it. Paul's my <laughs> friend, man. No, but seriously, Paul's life is in the shambles right now, man. I mean, he's got to move out of his house. He's got to start his whole life over. Man, that really hits home, doesn't it? Oh, it did. You know what? It's good to know. There's guys like you and I that really know how to lead our families, you know, spiritually and everything. Well, it's, the sad thing to me is that it's just you see people falling all the time, and there's only a few who are still fighting for the faith like you and me, man. Keeping our nose clean. Keeping our nose clean and seeking holiness as a lifestyle. Unlike that backstabbing gossip Renee. You know what? Paul is a great guy, but his knowledge about the Bible, he just ain't got it. No, he's, I mean, you put a Bible in front of that guy, and it's like a pig looking at a wristwatch. You know what I'm saying? Wristwatch. Yeah, he's like, what, what, what? <laughs> <laughs> He's like completely clueless when it comes to the Bible, man. Clueless. I don't see myself falling for some serious sin like those, those people. No, you, sir, are a man of integrity. A man of integrity and humility. Goes without saying. Yeah, it does kind of go without saying. And the thing is, I mean, honestly, if the church were filled with people like you and me, wouldn't it be a lot better off? Hey, at least we tithe. Yeah, we tithe. I mean, I tithe a minimum 10% most of the weeks that I attend. We're a blessing. Hey, we are a blessing. And I, for one, am sick and tired of hearing people sacrificing their integrity for the moment. And here's the deal. It looks like it's going to be you and me, buddy. We're the only ones left. I can't think of two better men to do the job, brother. Why don't we open up God's word? Okay. Everyone say, ah. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's horrible, but things like that actually happen. It's sad. 
Hopefully nobody here is doing that. Notice all the things that were said there. We could preach on that for weeks, but let's jump into what we're talking about today. What exactly is gossip? Here's what gossip is when we are talking about a situation with somebody who is neither part of the problem or part of the solution. Did you hear me? So uh, I have a problem with James. And no, I don't really, but if I had a problem with James and, and I have two choices, I can, I can go to James and sometimes when there's a, a concern in my own heart and I'm trying to get some counsel, I can go to my pastor or someone in authority to get some wisdom on the situation only, okay? Sometimes you have to get not a friend, not, not a bunch of people that you want to spread rumors to. So they're either part of the problem or part of the solution. If you talk to anyone else, that's gossip. Did you hear me? Okay? So the Bible teaches me to go to James, right, and talk to him and get it worked out here. That's what the Bible says. It, it, it doesn't say we should go talk to everybody else about it and their brother, right? Come on, somebody say amen. When you talk to someone outside of that, it's gossip and it's destructive. Nothing will destroy friendships or a church quicker than gossip. Did you hear me? And every single one of us need to check our heart to make sure we're not falling into some of the traps in the first video or falling into some of the traps in the second video or gossiping. So what does God have to say about gossip? Let's go back to Proverbs. Proverbs 6. 16 and 18, or 16 through 19, there are six things that the Lord what? Oh my gosh, God hates some things. Seven that are detestable to him. Haughty eyes, lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked schemes, quick feet that are quick to rush to evil, a false witness who pours out lies, and a person who stirs up conflict in a community. Why do people participate in gossip? Simple answer is insecurity. Insecurity. And you can see on the screen, little people belittle people. It's an insecurity inside that causes people to gossip about others. Sometimes it makes them feel better about themselves. There are two types of people in the world. A friend of mine uh, uh, developed this idea. But here's, here's the two things, two types of people in this world, in this life. An adder, you know what an adder is? Check this out. An adder is a snake. It's a venomous snake. Look at this next picture. Woo! I mean, if you don't want to see that, of course, Brad back there plays with snakes. Uh, I saw a picture on Facebook of him playing with a snake. Um, I wouldn't have, just so you know. It's a venomous snake who hisses gossip and slander. That's what an adder is. They only find fault with others, and they do their best to tear down others. Venomous hissing, trying to, trying to destroy, trying to, you know, poison the situation. Or, so there's two types of people. There's adders and there's ladders. Come on. What is a ladder? Check this out. Yeah, there we go. How many of you want to be a ladder? See, a ladder, ladder, it, they lift people up around them. They're life-giving. Here we go again. They're life-giving. Which one do you want to be known for? An adder or a ladder? How many want to be a ladder? 
Amen. So let's do an inventory real quick of our conversations. Inventory of our conversation. Three questions to ask yourself before speaking. First, are my words helpful or hurtful? It's the fill in the blank there. Are my words helpful or hurtful? I mean, what if the person that I was actually talking about was in the room? Always ask yourself that question when you're talking to somebody. What if they were here? Would I say it? Would I be talking like this? This past week, did you build people up or did you tear them down? Inventory. We're taking inventory. I'm not accusing anybody of anything. Ephesians 4.29 says, don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building others up. That's the Bible, everybody. Amen? At NBC, we want to be ladders, not adders. Proverbs 16 says, scoundrels create trouble. Their words are a destructive blaze. A troublemaker plants seeds of strife. Gossip separates the best of friends. It's the Bible. Check yourself. Take inventory. Amen? But what if the content of the conversation is true? Listen real close. The line of delineation isn't true or untrue. Is it helpful or hurtful? Okay? Everything, listen to this, everything that is said should be true. But not everything true should be said. Did you hear me? Second part of the inventory. Am I making a private matter public? Am I making a private matter public? Proverbs 11 verse 12 says, it is a foolish, it is foolish to belittle one's neighbor. A sensible person keeps quiet. A gossip goes around telling secrets. But those who are trustworthy can keep a confidence. I re recently missed it on this one and had to go and apologize and ask for forgiveness. Am I making a public or a private matter public? See, we, we would never go on, example, we'd never go on, uh, you know, call a couple hundred people and say something badly about them. We, but we go on Facebook sometimes or Instagram and say things. It's not right. Third, part of our inventory, am I permitting others to gossip? So, it, it, you know, it's wrong for you to gossip, but it's also wrong for you to listen to it. Because what you permit, you promote. What you permit, you promote. And if you allow someone to run people down, then you are promoting, you are promoting their words. Participation is promotion. See? Remember, always remember, if they gossip to you, they will gossip about you. <laughs> right? One of, a practical side that will help you is when someone is gossiping to you, simply say, why, why are you telling me this? Just simp that'll help put them in check. Why, why are you telling me this? I have nothing to do with this. 
Don't allow, don't permit, don't allow people to gossip to you. Stop them in their tracks. Why are you telling me this? The Bible says you should go to James. Right? You shouldn't be talking to me about this. The Bible tells me to go to him. So why in the world are you telling me this? And so how many of you want God's help in your life? Well, how do you, how do you get it? Well, 1 Peter six says, 5, 6 says, Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so he might exalt you. You've got to give God permission. And the way you give God permission to help you is by being humble. By you humbling yourself and saying, I am guilty, it's charged. And I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand today, but how many of you say, I'm guilty, it's charged? You've got to be willing to let God help you stop gossiping. Are you willing, now catch this, are you willing to speak to someone's potential and not just their performance? Not just what you see, but what you believe they can be. How many of you are glad God doesn't lock you into who you are? He sees you as you can be. Wow. That is our God. Amen? And gossip doesn't point to the brokenness of another person. Gossip points to the brokenness in our own lives. As I said, insecurity. So, so what are we going to do to stop this? I got to quit, okay? What are we going to do to stop this epidemic of gossip? First, pause. Everyone say pause. Pause. James 1.19 says, My beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak. Slow to wrath. Before you speak, slow down. Give your heart time to teach your mouth what to say. Did you hear me? Give your heart time to teach your mouth what to say. So the first step is to pause, and the second step is to ponder. Ponder. And what I mean by that is simply use the acronym or the acrostic WAIT, W-A-I-T, for those of you that are taking notes. W-A-I-T which simply stands for, why am I talking? Wait. Wait. Give, give your heart time to tell your mouth what to say. We're so quick to talk, so quickly, right? And say things that we later regret. And once those seeds are sown, it's very difficult to get them back. Amen? Quieting the riot. Quieting the riot in our minds. Quieting the riot in the words that we speak. Amen? Let's do this together. Let's trust God. Let's stand together. Let's pray today. I know some of this stuff is sobering, but it's important. If we're going to be a life-giving church, we can't sow seeds of discord. 
and we can't gossip. Amen? We can't gossip. Whatever the situation is, go to the problem. And on rare, I'll say rare occasions, do you ever go even to a pastor to say, what should I do here? How should I do this? Because most of the time it's reconciled when you talk to the person instead of talking to others. Amen? See, God, God cares about this stuff. Why? Why does he care about stuff like this? Why is this important to talk about? Because God loves relationships. Jesus died so that we could have a relationship with him. The whole purpose of the cross is relationship. That's why the enemy wants to destroy it so badly. We can't let him do it. He wants to destroy our relationship between us and God and us and one another. He wants to destroy the cross, just so you know. Us and God, us and one another. It's like the sign of the cross behind me. He's after, he's after your relationships. Just so you know. And it's so easy sometimes to get caught up in it. I know that personally. I've caught myself getting caught up in stuff and then regretting it later. When it happens, you, you go and apologize if you've done it. You ask for forgiveness. You don't pretend it didn't happen. Because those seeds will continue to grow. And then they start to become bitterness and they defile many, not just that person. Let's bow our heads for just a moment. So this morning we're... No one's looking around. No one's judging you. This is a safe place. If you feel like there's something you need to repent of in these areas I've talked about today, I want to pray for you. Would you just slip up your hand? God bless you. God bless you all over this place. I think, I think we can all be guilty from time to time. Thank you for your honesty. See, God can work with honesty. Honesty is the foundation for change. Father, we want to be life-giving. Sometimes we're not, plain and simple. Sometimes we say and do things that are not life-giving. They're death. They're not life. They cast a shadow, create questions, cause people to look at others differently. And that's not what you intended. So God, would you help us? We humble ourselves right now. Humility, God, is the way to change. By us saying, oh God, I am so guilty please forgive me, and then being willing to go to the other people that perhaps we've talked about or said things about or spread things about and just simply humble ourselves to say, 
I am so sorry. Would you forgive me? Help us to make our relationships right and tight. Help us to be willing to do whatever it takes to own, take ownership of our lives and our words. And I'm asking you to bring healing in any relationship that's been affected by words that have been hurtful and destructive. Thank you for your healing power, God. Let's just take a minute and worship for just a couple seconds here or a couple minutes, whatever. And just let that settle down inside of our hearts so that we can really deal with it, not just kind of let it go and go on with our life and forget about it. That's what this time, that's what response time here is about Metro Believers Church. Let's do that together.